Hello, 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 everyone. My name is Matthew Terry, founder and CEO of Suede. Welcome to People in Sales, Not Salespeople, a podcast where we analyze the person behind the salesperson. And I'm super excited to introduce my friend Mike from Scheduler um, to come join us um, on this podcast. Mike is a monster, one of the best entrepreneurs I know, and I mean that. Um, and he has a very impressive background and a software engineer at GE held on dozens of roles as a, as a VP of data engineering and director of engineering. And I'm super excited to dive in. Mike, how you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good. You know, it's so funny because I hear you say like scheduler. And I remember when it was like we met for the first time, it's like you were a dial guy and we right. were get together. And so like our companies are, I mean, you think back to like what they were. It's so funny because like, you know, technically we're a first time founder, but I feel like on the journey that I'm like a second or third time founder by this point, just because it's like the iterations, you know, we've, we've gone through. Right. Yeah. yeah, that is funny, right? Started with Get Together, which is B2C, yeah, that's actually, right. and then pivoted to the Scheduler, which is B2B, which I'm super excited to talk about that. Um, and let's dive in, man. Talk to us about Scheduler. What do you all do? Yeah. Why do you do it? So we have built an AI agent that helps you set and show more meetings, right? So meetings have gotten this like bad rap, you know, sometimes like, oh, we have too many meetings. But like, look, for us, like people in sales, it's like, if, if you are not getting high quality meetings on the books, you do not have deal flow, mm -hmm. right? So for us, it's like, how do we help people more efficiently get the right meetings on the books with qualified candidates? And then ensure, right, just because you said it doesn't mean they're showing up, right. ensuring that you have the right cadence to get high show rates, high follow-ups, right, and just really um, take that critical part of scheduling that nobody likes and make it an advantage for mm -hmm. sales and revenue teams. Mm -hmm. That's totally huge. And as someone who's ran an outbound sales firm before, uh, no-shows are a big deal. Brutal. Big deal, because you get the meeting, you set it on the calendar, and then Feels you just so leave good. it there. Right. Exactly. And you're like, you just kind of cross your fingers because mm -hmm. um, you don't bug people, you don't do these things. And so what we've seen talking with sales and revenue teams, right, is we tend to track like two key metrics when we're looking at uh, providing value to them. One is show rates, right? So so actually uh, turning, getting those no-show uh, rates down, getting the, the hold rates up. And then the other, though, is actually productivity of the reps, right? Because if they don't have to spend an hour a day confirming mm -hmm. existing meetings mm -hmm. they can go actually produce more pipeline right uh and you know i mean the crazy thing is i remember again back when you were doing dial guide and your notion stuff i had no idea what you were talking about when you were <laughs> when you were talking about all, all i imagined was like people <laughs> in call centers with these like headsets on and uh i had no clue what you were describing and now as we've you know done this ourselves and that we're serving a lot of like sales and revenue teams i'm like Ah, that's what that's like problem that's what problem he was solving i get it now you know because you know I, I i do cold calls still and you do them now yeah okay i right. feel like you have to you know like if your clients are it's not a major emotion for us yet because as you know outbound's all a numbers game mm -hmm. so like we can't put in the number of of dials and founder-led sales that like a true outbound team is doing but you know to have that experience of i set a meeting off a cold call did they hold? Where can we improve? Right. It'd be very disingenuous to like not be doing those mm -hmm. and then be selling uh, solutions to help that, those that, teams. That, that, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I think too with Sway because we help outbound teams. And I'm like, I should probably be using my product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and hopping on calls. So I'm actually the same. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm super excited to dive in. I What I'd like to do is um, have you walk us through your journey from get together. Yeah. to where you are now and the mindset shifts 
sure. the customer pivots, target yeah. market pivots. Just quickly, I know it's a long story, but quickly run us through the different mindsets. Okay, cut me yeah. off if I get through it. <laughs> yeah. Right, because I mean, I think the first question is why did we start Get Together? Right. Right, and we started it uh, when we became parents, right? And we had this problem of, hey, all these people that we used to hang out with, right? When we were all, um, you know, pre-kids, once we started to have crazier lives, we just couldn't make things happen, right? Like schedules were crazy, et cetera. And we were driving back home from church one day and Maddie was like, this is ridiculous. I should be able to add something to a text message chain with our friends, say find time for lunch and it should do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and all the people said, amen. And, you know, we kind of went after that track. Yeah. And so that was kind of the idea that we got into Ocean with, right? Where, you know, first met you mm -hmm. in the accelerator. And, you know, I mean, we really built that idea through, but as we kind of watched the evolution of even like, where were people using it? So where were people actually using get together? It was typically to set up like networking coffees, mm. right? Like people weren't using it for purely social. They were already moving into that kind of track. So we kind of knew early on that there was going to be a business social component to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think kind of the next quick evolution was we testing it in text message was a pain. So we put it in Slack. Yeah. Because we were like, wow, it's just faster to test it there. And then right around that same time, Slack had a global hackathon, mm -hmm. right? And so we were like, ah, what the heck? We'll put it in this. Right. I and then, that. yeah. And then we won the entire global hackathon. <laughs> and so Slack started promoting it. We were like, okay, interesting. There's a market here. So we started selling it to customers for, I think, dude, it was like $50 a month. It was mm -hmm. like to communities, mm -hmm. right? And and, and then as we got into those communities, we started listening. We're like, what do you actually want this thing to do? And it was super clear. They were like, yeah, I, I need help with, you know, setting meetings over email. Email is still king. And I was like, no, I, I never wanted to go that path. I think I remember telling you, I was like, I never wanted to go that path. So we started selling the product, but it was still this like kind of journey of who actually will pay for this? Like, where is there a budget holder, right? Because everybody, right. you start talking the problem in their heads and you're like, we pay for it and they're like, ah, it's going to be tough to justify. Yeah. Right. But then you, as we started going deeper with, you know, sales and recruiting teams, what we realized was like, wait a second, these are people who get paid for booking meetings, for holding meetings, showing them, et cetera. Like there is a direct ROI here. And so that has kind of really become our beachhead is, yeah. is these sales, uh, sales and rev ops primarily, but then more and more recruiting teams who come in and they're like, I need to book more high quality meetings with high uh, show rates to actually hit my numbers. Yeah. So here we are. We went from, you know, friends and stuff. B2B, to let's B2B together to complete sales. I, again, that's why I, you and I were talking before this and it's like, I feel like, you know, I'm no longer, I'm not a first time founder. Mm -hmm. I just think it's just like, right. <laughs> and you got to understand your, um, your, your target, like the problem, yeah. target market. And also, do they have money to pay for it? Because you're starting a business. Well, and it's not even, you know, the interesting thing, right? It's it's not that money's not there in aggregate. It's who holds a budget, right? And so I think one of the problems with products that came before us mm -hmm. as we went down this rabbit hole was not that people didn't agree that there was a problem. It was who had budget to actually put against the problem, mm -hmm. right? Like there's no uh, chief of scheduling efficiency, right? At any company, right? Right. So that we should change that. We, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. You know, but then, as you know, too, I think you were saying ICP as well. Mm -hmm. The idea of what people needs becomes so wildly different. Like, like if you're designing something for product managers, there's going to be some overlap with what we're doing. 
but like let's say you know things get hairy and stuff needs to move the uh, in terms of like calendar and schedule the decisions a salesperson would make around what should be prioritized are very different than that other person right so having that kind of like north star customer i think is just you know it, it's very galvanizing from like a product perspective as well mm-hmm. and that's huge too i want to get into to messaging and how you iterated messaging through all these people groups and and um, et cetera et cetera but before we get into the tactics mm-hmm. i wanted to um i wanted to ask you a, a question because you've never held a sales job before no so what what was what what did you think about sales before your startup uh, so spent a lot of time in big co mm-hmm. right uh, and I think the sales side of things that because I was always in product right, right. Maddie was always in in brand mm-hmm. um, and you know she was with Procter and Gamble and so her role right before we had come back here right we were out in Arkansas and she was on the Walmart sales team right so I think she had a, a massive appreciation for like a lot of that on the CPG side but for me I you know sales was just like I mean I just got brought in at the tail end of deals to be yeah. like here's the guy whose smart team is going to deliver everything we just promised you, right? So I had that love-hate relationship of like, what all right, you promised this guy, Yeah, yeah, like, you can't say that, right? And they're like, look, man, like, this is going to keep the business moving. Um, and and right around that time, I think I was complaining to my mother-in-law about this, and she had held a, a sales role at IBM very early, and she looked at me and she goes, you know, at IBM, we had a saying, you're either sales or overhead. And I was like, dang. So I've been like overhead my whole career. But like, as I thought about it, right, I was like, she's right. And as we've become founders who have done, who are doing founder led sales, Mm -hmm. you start to realize, right, as much as you want to like go and work on your pretty product in the lab, which is my happy place, Mm -hmm. if there is no sales, there is no company. Right. And so the appreciation for like, wait a second, this is. Not, but there's like an art to it too you know what i mean it's yeah. like as you start to get into it you're like you if you have never worked in sales you have this very uh caricatured type there's a that. stigma around sales yeah. there's this um assumption that all salespeople are sleazy but there is an art to it totally right? you have to understand what what your customer wants and if someone's going to pay you there needs to be value there yep. and that value needs to be uh conveyed yes in a specific way and there's an art to understanding how to craft that message. Totally. That message. Well, in an art and a science, right? Like that's the neat oh, thing is right. huge science. I don't think I appreciated, you know, like, like as we've started reading sales books, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's a real, and I know you guys develop these tactics yes. that are very proven. And again, not sleazy tactics. Cause I think that's what sometimes people are like, oh, you're trying to trick me. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're trying to actually like, use these proven methods that provide value to our customers, you know, in a streamlined way that is not pushy, um, that, that, that makes them realize, I don't know, like somebody said this to me the other day, it's like, do you feel bad selling aspirin to somebody who has a headache? Like, no, they're like, give me the aspirin. Yeah, exactly. So like helping them see it's like, you know, again, not convincing in a weird way, but like you are sick, whether you see it or not, the scans came back. We need to do something here, right? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, the the cost of, I don't know about you guys, but we've seen a lot of success flipping instead of just making the ROI call to a, like, a cost of inaction call, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, here is, like, actively, right, like, what is being lost. Um, and I think once you can point that out to people, they start to become, you know, and you can give value there first, mm-hmm. they start to become, like, appreciative. And I think that's the weird thing, right? Is like, you knew this way before I did, but, right, like, the more that you can just, like, 
that sales is about, it really is, we're all about this now. Sales is about giving first, right? Like how can you give like, you know, I, I think early on I tried to go to the route of just like, this is why you need this blah, blah, blah problems and started to go to this, my two best sales calls this past week. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to overwhelm these people with value mm -hmm. because at a certain point people are like, it is feeling awkward now to like not start to like go back and reciprocate. Like I am right. receiving so much value that I'm like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what, mm -hmm. what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, as a salesperson, it's important for you to be the advisor. Yes. Play the advisor role and be as helpful as possible. Exactly. And even in follow-up emails, when people ghost you and all that stuff, you shouldn't just send emails that are like, any thoughts? When can you meet? Blah, blah, blah. Send them an article. Help them do their job better. Provide some sort of value for yeah. them and give them a reason to, to continue to talk to you. Exactly. Right. So, I love that. Yeah. That's huge, You're man. So right. That's huge. I. So yeah, it, as you start a business you realize that you had to sell to be successful. Were there any mental blockers? Well, I think that, it was even know? more than mental blockers. It was just skill blockers. Okay. So after Drive made their, uh, you know, their pre-seed investment, mm -hmm. um, you know, last, I guess it was October 22, one of the first things that, you know, Maddie kind of said was she was like, look, uh, you and I have done a lot of things in big companies. We have never sold B2B SaaS from zero to a million like yeah we need help we yeah. don't have the skills we don't have the tactics and so we went and actually uh joined the SAS academy okay the dan martell SAS academy and started just consuming like the knowledge out of there and all of a sudden if you had seen my first demo you'd cry about <laughs> it. Like, it was so bad it was so bad. It was like one of those, let me tell you every feature, right? Oh, no. Oh, it was, yeah. it was awful. And, you know, but like going and hiring those coaches and like absorbing that content, right? And flipping it to the like, hey, here's what I understand about your problems. Here's what you've told me, like doing good discovery, you know, mm -hmm. like flipping that into like specifically one-to-one. -one. Like we improved just so much um, by saying, you know what, we're going to invest in getting better at this. Yeah. We're terrible at it. Right. And that's good for you to have uh, that mindset of, hey, it is me that is the problem. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, it's not I am them, the problem. Right. Yeah. Some people are like, well, they just don't understand my blah, blah, Dude, that blah. was me, right? It's like, how <laughs> do they not see it? It's so ridiculous. Like, like how can't they see this value? I'm clicking the button. It's doing this. But they, they're not surprised. But they're not. Yeah, exactly. They should be having a bigger reaction to this. And you know, it's so funny, right? Because if you put yourself in the consumer seat for a moment from anything else, mm -hmm. and you think about how you want to be sold to and talked to, and then you're like, wait a second, what I'm doing to them is like all the things that I hate. Once we started to like realize that and flip it, yeah, yeah it was, we, we, we got it really dialed in. And that's huge. It's good. So actually, I would borderline say I really enjoy like our favorite weeks are weeks where we have lots of sales calls and demo calls. Right. It's, it's fun that it's fun to talk to customers and it's fun to, um, iterate on messaging and, and, and understand or see in those calls how they react to your messaging. Yeah. And it's also good to be helpful, right? And exactly. Like talk well, to people who genuinely get surprised and like you hear the gas and they're like, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for. That's right. Or it's not, right? And one of the things that we've done is when people come in and they're like, this is specifically the problem I'm looking to solve. I'm like, oh, you should check these guys out, mm -hmm. right? Like our competitors. Yeah, and not try and fit everybody into the schedule box know your know your niche know what you're good at exactly and, and pushing for the right solution like that and you know i think that empowers them too right for things like referrals mm -hmm. they're like oh you know what you you do run into somebody else and you're like oh the way they pitch me this i understand their product i understand why it didn't fit for me mm -hmm. but then they're not afraid to like actually send people your way and be like 
Like we had one just this morning. This guy was like, Hey, you know, I don't think it's worth for the company. And then sent an introduction email and was like, but you know, this other guy that I know, know exactly has this problem. Mm -hmm. I think you guys can solve it. Cause he's not worried that I'm going to try and, you know, yeah. He's tell him that, yeah, exactly. That's huge. Okay. Awesome, man. Now I want to, I want to dive into the tactics. Ooh, my favorite part. Um, when it comes to the first time scheduler was trying to pull in leads, scheduler specifically. What were, what was y'all's uh, initial outbound sales strategy to bring in customers? So we've kind of floundered around all of this, right? And I think dialing in, um, you know, and this is something that SaaS Academy really pushes, right? It should be like, you should have a dominant channel. You should be very clear on your dominant channel. And for a while, I think we weren't really sure, right? So we were like, well, let's do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and start to see what sticks. So we did, you know, we bought an Apollo account, yep. right? We built the list, we started doing the engagement, we like ran, you know, the sorts of things. We used opens to like lead cold calls and do that side of things. Okay. Walk us um, through that real quick. Was it emails? Was it LinkedIn? It was, it was okay. So initially, yeah, good question. We were kind of running them all, I would say, like separate multi-channel, right? You'd okay. go build a list uh, in, you know, Apollo. Apollo Prospector. Yeah, right. you build a list in okay. the Apollo Prospector. You would put that into a campaign. You would sequence out the campaign. You'd see who's kind of like coming in, right? And you'd start to narrow it down from there. Mm -hmm. Not super successful for us, I think, in a lot of ways because we didn't have it dialed in. Okay. Um, we did do some, you know, sales navigate, the LinkedIn sales navigator, direct outreach, building, um, you know, lists there as well. Also kind of tricky. The thing that has really worked for us, right? And I think will be probably the most critical part of our first million has been inbound off LinkedIn. So yeah. specifically inbound off LinkedIn has been that. And, you know, my co-founder, Maddie, she has been the one who's really been driving that. So she has kind of said, like, how do I put, you know, value consistently into the, mm -hmm. into this ecosystem? Um, how do I, you know, because I think there's a few things, right? It's like, do I actually want to buy from this person, especially more inbound? Because, you know, you can make that personal game early on. So part of it's just having people be like, oh, I want to talk to Matt. Right. I like Seems it. like a good That's, guy, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That all the time. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like, okay, yes, I want to talk with this person. Um, I do think that, you know, they have an interesting solution out there. Like, you, I think early on you can, you can talk the solution a little bit more than, you know, you can – uh, later, like directly talking to, oh, this is different and here's why. Okay. Um, we've seen that. And then just, it's just honestly just been, yeah, off of inbound. So we've probably booked on average, I think Maddie's hitting about two meetings a day on just pure inbound. That's huge. Okay. Talk us, talk us, talk us through inbound. Is this, because when I think inbound, I think ads, I think you're putting out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, people are DMing you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Correct. Right. So yeah. So, so no ads, ads no, no ads, ads, all yeah. organic Post. so far, just straight posts. Okay. Um, and you know it's interesting, right? Because like you have the direct effect of those posts, but what you also start to see is as you build relationships with people who have some uh, who have some sway in the channel with your with your ideal buyers, mm -hmm. they start to recommend you, right? So we have put affiliate links out there, so we do have yeah. some affiliates. Okay. okay. Um, you know, like we do have first promoter link, so like you know if someone on on your cast here is even like, oh, this is really cool. You know, like I would be able to, you know, push this into my network. It's like, that's something we want to to run with because mm -hmm. this early on, because we don't have a brand established yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You are the brand. You, you, you and Maddie. Exactly. Early on. And that's yeah. not a long-term sustainable thing. But in the early days, like being like, you know what? Okay. We don't have an established, um, scheduler is not an established brand. 
but how do you establish your personal brand, get to there, mm -hmm. right? Build trust, get these reviews up on G2, show some real metrics, have some real case studies. That's when we really plan flip to more of the outbound. Yeah. Because then people can I really, see. so so anyway, so those are, that's our, our first O to one's kind of this very inbound motion. Okay. So I do want to dive into that if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Specific uh, secrets when it comes to affiliate marketing and inbound content. So as I, as I um, want to regurgitate you all's process yeah. back to you. So Maddie is posting on LinkedIn. Um, these posts, are they about scheduler? Are they salesy posts? Or are they about life? Your kids, all that stuff. Is there a tactic to the types of messages that you all are posting? So Maddie was actually on a podcast late last year with a guy in Australia okay. uh, named Matt Lockjev. And yeah. he actually is absolutely dominating the LinkedIn game, okay. right? And has a whole uh, course sequence that you can go get, um, right? That, that, that Maddie was able to get through, you know, being on his podcast and show and being kind of an early person there. Yeah. And he has kind of crafted this, you know, bringing AI into it to help you kind of say like, all right, Hey, here is everything about me. Right. I'm not going to give away Matt's secret prompts here. Right. But like, right. um, but here, here is everything about me and using that to kind of help tailor in, Hey, based on your ICP, based on your experiences, right? Like here are the types of uh, content you should be producing. Here's where you actually have some real authority to speak, right? Kind of helping you craft that message of like, okay, here's who I am as a person because we buy from people, mm -hmm. especially at this stage. We don't oh, yeah. have companies we buy right. from people. Um, here are places where you do have good authority content that's going to set you up as like, okay, not only do I like her, I think she's pretty darn right. smart. Thought leader. Right. Exactly. And then some more specific content, right? And you got to get the ratios right on this so you don't just come off as like, you know, feeling like you're shelling product all the time. Mm -hmm. Or, and if you're specifically dealing with this type of problem, go here. And like, I think we know what Maddie always talks about is she's like, I, you know, you can talk about the problem all you want, right? Like if you just keep talking about the problem constantly, then people start to get annoyed by it with you and start to ask, all right, well, what can we do about it? Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, glad you asked. You know, now, now we're here and ready for it. Right. Now we go into this. I feel like, yeah, she should be the one sitting in this seat right no, now instead of me. It's so fun. Cruise somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. 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 Um, that's good. And again, what was the guy in Australia's name? Matt Lockjev. Matt Lockjev. So there are some secrets that he is. Oh yeah. The dude's killing it. I okay. mean, he's, he's constantly putting out incredible content, um, you know, Good guy, and I think has one of the most dialed in AICP I've ever seen. It's like uh, business owners in Australia, this age, <laughs> doing this X amount of revenue. Like yeah. he, like he when you go to his, site, yeah, he's like this. Yeah, like you know, the minute uh, you know you go to his site or whatever, whether or not you're ICP. Yeah. Now here's and here's the funny thing too is you know we've even on our site right like have gone in and dialed very like we want salespeople to see that and say that's for me, me yep. right off the bat. But the funny thing is, even as we've done that, we've had people coming in off the inbound buying for the team saying, you know, their first one was like, you know, I'm not a sales team, but, right? And then hold, like, hold, hold on, hold on for a second, but but I still have this problem. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's like super okay. What you can't be, right, is like somebody coming in and not saying like, oh, I understand who this person says they're for. It's okay if they say, will this also work for me? And again, that's where you got to be honest. Mm -hmm. You can't go through your whole product roadmap and do all that stuff yeah. um, for people. But I think that's been a really interesting thing to see is like people hitting the site, seeing our messaging and being like, okay, I know who you're for. 
but can I also mm-hmm. join? That's interesting. Okay. That's, super interesting. That's good. I appreciate you walking us through your journey through the sales tactics. Um, I love exploring different founders' uh, uh, journey through that. Yeah. And it's funny because everyone ends in a different place. Totally. Right? And it's the most I think common that's you've seen, though. Have you seen one that's more common than the other? Um, the multi-channel outreach, as far as outreach goes. Sure. The, multi, the multi-channel outbound has been the most common. Email, LinkedIn, cold call. So hitting, yeah, kind of all, all three. All three, Ecosystem. right? Um, and the message is a bit more on the the sales, the salesy side, not mm-hmm. um, not the personal side. Sure, like you see yeah. the the inbound. You, I would say, you all unique in the fact that you are are pulling in two leads every single day just by the inbound and the referrals. So incredible. Don't fix it any bro. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And there's just many different many different ways to do it right i am curious though if you're seeing more of the like one of the things we've been considering is you know i think we've been going after you know typically when we do do the outreach right because we will do that as well yeah uh going after call it like what we think a target user is a company but i've been seeing a lot more about like hey you've got to really be less focused on target user more focused on target ideal companies and then doing um kind of a uh, like like a multi-persona prospecting within mm-hmm. the company right so getting much less targeted being like i am directors at sales companies side of things like yeah, yeah. i am revenue ops teams at these companies which means i need to go win you know one two three one of these guys will be my champion the others just need not to be detractors have you seen that taking In, enterprise all the time yeah right but even like mid-market mid-market and small business usually there's a defined champion mm-hmm. right yeah. or at least two to three just giving them a budget and saying, make your call. Um, the champion does go to the person who has the budget, which is usually a small business is like the CEO or the yeah, CFO. Typically. Yeah, right. Founder. Yeah. But there's usually some person with that main problem mm-hmm. that, yeah. you, that you reach out to. Right. Um, and in an enterprise, there's a, there's a lot of strategy yeah. around hitting multiple personas at once and then finding your way in, creating that champion and going up the chain. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huge. Awesome. And I like, talking to different founders and different people who are in sales and have and, and define their own sales strategies because it just proves that there's no right answer. Mm-hmm. It depends on who your target market is, depends on what the value proposition of your product yeah. is, right? You can't just go on to HubSpot's blog around how to write an email or how to do that. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then just copy these no. basic templates. It's not going to work. Yeah, that whole kind of like... I think you're seeing that backlash, right, against the overly templatized or even the AI. I've gotten the weirdest AI personalization. Yeah. And look, I get it. I have sympathy in the space, right? Because like AI does hallucinate and it's a giant pain when it does and it's hard to mm-hmm. put that going. But just even some of the just like, I think I got somebody sent me one that was like, by the way, the weather in Cincinnati will be lit. <laughs> and I wasn't even like in Cincinnati. It was like, that is like weird that's not even hey y'all went to the api y'all looked at my state and then you just pulled in one stat i don't know why <laughs> it was like, weird it yeah, was like such a turnoff i was like mm-hmm. what does this have to do with anything also now i'm feeling like creeped on right like why are you stalking me yeah why is that another person was like you know did kind of like a geo-targeting i think on their thing it was okay. like can we get lunch at specific location and they were like in you know another country yeah i was like don't please don't do this right can you stop <laughs> yeah yeah, that the the messages that in which you can tell it's ChatGPT, especially if it's over a LinkedIn comment mm. as well. Those drive me insane. Yeah, there there are a lot of tools out there that are like, going to make LinkedIn yeah. comments. I'm like, why? 
Why do we like? Yeah, we're bringing do you no value to this. Like anymore, or you just want to be this AI bot that's online. Yeah. And you know, I think it, it is that whole balance between like how do you hit scale, you know, in in a like how how do you get the scale that you need, right? Okay. In a way that like okay. I I understand the the value that they're offering, but like the execution is so off mm -hmm. that uh, it's a little off putting. Though I will say again, I'll go back to Mac Lockjet for a minute. Yeah. Uh, one of his big sayings is he's like, "This is also the worst AI will ever be." True. And I always think about that. Too. About that right? Today, today uh, is the worst. The worst, the worst it will ever be. It will only tomorrow. get better. Yeah. Worst AI will be. Yeah, um, which is which is scary and uh, but also exciting because um, I I am a personal proponent of empathy will always sell better than logic, mm. right? And to be empathetic, you need to be relatable, mm -hmm. which means. To the point where these AI bots can start cold calling people and having discovery calls for you. Yeah, they can, but is that the best approach for you? You know, I think we'll see a bit of a hybrid here, right? Yeah. So, for example, we have one client um, who's like a, a kind of mid-market seller, works, for example, with a lot of solar companies. And, uh, you know, he's using, uh, this is where I actually start to get really excited, because I actually think where this will start to be really cool is before we see AGI, right, like artificial general intelligence, we're going to see very sophisticated AI agents at doing certain tasks, mm -hmm. right? So for example, very our text-to-schedule solution can reach out to somebody off of a trigger, go through qualifying questions, you know, so, so for example, I'll give you our solar campaigns in particular with this person. It can reach out, it can see if they're interested, it can give them using, uh, you know, some of Google APIs, like a basic quote around how much they could save. And Your they, scheduler does that? Yeah, that's yeah. Not even, that's, a, that's not even a scheduler. <laughs> well, like I said, we're... <laughs> I think that the market we're swimming in, right? Like we yeah. want to own, when people think AI scheduling, they need to think scheduler AI. Yeah. But if you can own the meeting, there's so much around that. You can start to own Oh, it. for, sure. for um, sure. I love that you guys are branching out to that because that's super valuable. We have to, right? Yeah. But then, but getting it booked is our core value prop. But mm -hmm. the same, um, the same client uh, who we have with another joint company has uh, AI cold calling. Right. And what they do today, though, typically is, uh, you know, they'll get on a, a call and they'll just see, is the person receptive? Mm -hmm. Can I give this to a person who's a real person who's going to have empathy on here mm -hmm. and get to the next spot? And what it does, right, is it allows the AI, which has no feelings, to take the heat of the people who tell you to go, you know, jump off a bridge and allows the, the real people to only um, go and have interactions with people that are in a positive state of mind that mm -hmm. want to do this. And so your own people on that side of the phone, right? It's brutal if you're just getting hammered with people telling you to, you know, jump off a bridge and other nasty things all the time. But if you're only talking to customers who have picked up the phone, they want to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. They're ready for it and passing those on to people. Everyone wins in that state. But, you know, what this customer said to us is they're like, okay, if I can get this person on and I know that they're good to, you know, say, for example, book an appointment, I've done some very minimal qualification. Mm -hmm. How do I hand it over to scheduler and have scheduler then go and do all the complicated work of getting the booking and following right. up with them, right? And so what you're going to see, right, is like these, call it like these type of agents, talk to the other. And if we do it right, it will be a better experience for the customer. That's okay. That's true. Um, but my slight pushback is yeah, sometimes... Push back. Sometimes people have problems and they need someone to convince them. Totally. Right? That that they have a problem and they yeah. can have a solution. So for the people who pick up the phone, talk to the AI and book the meeting, those are the same people who will see the ad 
you click on the ad and book a meeting. So, but there are also other people who tell you to jump off a cliff, but they still have a problem. Yes. Right. And you need to be the person and you can only take another person, not some AI or the, you need to be hey. So I actually think you're right on a pure cold outbound standpoint, right? I think you do need a, uh, I think you need someone warm to actually make that sort of thing work. Mm -hmm. So yes, I agree with this. Like, you know, go, go to the case of the solar one, right? These are people who have said, I'm interested in this. Okay. Like they have come through that. I think to your point, right? Yes. People who are pure cold outbound, it's gonna, gonna be, be a while. You're gonna need some signals that say this is a this is someone who has shown interest before those types. I, I so mm -hmm. yeah. net. I do agree with you. Okay. okay, this is great. I love talking about AI. I love talking about um, AI and sales. So this is been a fun conversation. I want to switch gears slightly um, and talk about your sales journey in terms of hiring. Yeah. Now we don't have to talk about today. I don't know where you guys mm -hmm. are at as far as um, how many salespeople you have, but I know you have tried and hired. Um, salespeople in the past how did those hires go and tell me about that journey so you know so we joined SAS academy um late last year so yeah i guess it's been just over a year um which has been phenomenal in mm -hmm. our journey and we are big believers though on like having followed people the founders should be responsible for getting to the first million oh, right sure. which is which is the track that we're on mm -hmm. so we have not hired external salespeople though early on we did try to we, you know, someone convinced us that their agency was right. Okay. And the this big outbound sales agency. This was an outbound sales agency, yeah. uh, which we used for a couple months. And they convinced us through the like, you know, here is the sheet with the projections, and these are so conservative, and here's this like super impressive stack, right? And it's all easy this... to get people hyped around. Hey, I can bring you in so many deals. Don't you want deals? It work with us give us your money it's, it's it, it is and it was like one of those things right that was almost positioned as a you know certain guarantees and stuff mm -hmm. and they failed to bring in in two months a single qualified yep. lead and it was brutal and i think that further solidified for us it's like only i'm sure there are some super high quality folks out here where, where like don't get me wrong on this but like if you do not have product market fit you should not be hiring external salespeople. Like I absolutely 110% believe in that. Maybe there are people who, who can get around that, right? But like, if you are not a founder who has sold, maybe it doesn't need to be the first million. Like that's our goal, right? As founders, yeah. we want to do that. Um, the first, first three customers, it, it, the first three customers, right? Like if you if you sold three customers, you could have a process. You could know your messaging. D depending on your size, yeah. But like, you know, I'd say even for us, right? It's like we have, you know, sales teams of certain size coming in. We have, uh, you know, recruiting teams coming in, right? Like we're, we're getting, which is great, various income streams. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think a number of those deals and, and would continue to, you could hand off to a salesperson who could go confidently in and say, this is what my product has done, had for these people, you know, yeah. over and over. I think you're setting up an external salesperson to fail. Or even like, I, I wouldn't make even, for instance, at this point, like a, like an AE hire or our first VP of sales hire. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's unfair to the salesperson at this To stage. just be thrown in and be like, okay, sell the product. Yeah, and, and you know. go build and they're, they, they don't have any accountability, right? Because you as yeah. a salesperson doesn't understand how to effectively lead that person. And real quickly, I was talking to Dana um, on, on a podcast like this, and he says a lot of founders who raise money early go and hire. That's right. The enterprise. They'll just go make sales. it happen for us. Right? Exactly. It's like, well, they'll, they'll take care of that pesky sales problem. Right. Why we build the product <laughs> and all this stuff. That's funny. That's a funny way to think of it. 
<laughs> but it's important for multiple reasons for the founder to be in sales conversations um, because that's how a product evolves. Yes. Right. You'll really understand what what features these people get yes. excited about and other questions you you should ask. Totally. The salesperson is not going to ask. So, what feature would you like on this product? Right. But a founder will. Well, not only that, I don't think they necessarily have the authority at that point too. Mm -hmm. They can't go make and you know they can't have these commits outside. It's like only you as the founder can say my product, my roadmap, my whatever will do this. It is, I, I you know, until we have a repeatable product, like a repeatable process with dialed in messaging, where the only thing we need is to bring more into the top of the funnel. Our goal is is and our plan is not to hire uh, externally for sales. Just it is not fair to that person. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, love that and completely <laughs> agree. Uh, what's been the most rewarding part of going through the challenge of, of sales? I mean, I've got my, you know, we don't have our first dollar anymore, but I got my first strike <laughs> over there that I keep it Oh man, I came out. I think we went and had like $100 steaks that night off of just like, because <laughs> it's exciting. Like, your yeah, first customer it's so cool. Money come through, it's so know? cool. You know, we didn't yeah. even have um, when I had sold him. Because I was like, I'm not even going to bother setting up Stripe until we have a reason for it. Mm -hmm. I set it up that, like, right after we got off the call to get him to come in. Because I was like, you know, we didn't even have the the problem <laughs> before then of collecting dollars. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of it is, and you get this as somebody who's done a lot of building, too. You know, as as someone who, you know, I've, I've got one other technical team member, right, who's full-time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and between us, we write all the code for this, right? So you know where it's excellent, you know where it needs to improve. And I think it's very hard sometimes as a technical founder, when you still know that things aren't perfect, to mm -hmm. feel confident in saying, you should buy this, it will solve your problem, mm -hmm. right? And part of the thing that's given us is now that we've started to see these metrics come through. So in by the end of this month, we will have saved a million dollars in pipeline for our customers through recovering uh, meetings they would have otherwise lost. Yeah. So, for example, people decline a meeting, and we immediately mm -hmm. follow up with them politely. Hey, notice you decline this. Are the times that work better for you? You know, here's a link. You know, and and curating that to get them back on the books. Mm -hmm. And then even just that act of, hey, this is Matt's assistant. I'm checking in on their calendar tomorrow. Can you make it? Hey, no, I'm traveling. Actually, can we do it Friday at ten? Boom, on the books, done. Those things slip through. They, you know, like this is what we call our meeting insurance product, right? And what we started to see is we started to see real results, real pipeline recovery for our customers. It allows you to like walk into those conversations and say, hey, when I'm asking you, you know, for X hundred dollars a month, I don't, I feel really good about it because I know what the average ROI I'm providing. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, I'm probably undercharging at this point. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I'm confident. I, I know you have this problem because I see everybody has this problem. I know I can get you money back on the table. And so when I ask for this amount, I feel good about it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So it's been kind of that transitioning from almost being like, I have to convince you that it's definitely worth, and it. worth this. And, you know, yeah. And, and flips it. yeah, it kind of flips it to like, you know, like I, I, I'm confident at this point in the conversation, you have this problem. I'm confident we can solve it. And you know what? And, and we've said this to several people. like, if we do not give you, you know, X and in one case hundred thousand dollars back in you know in three months, mm -hmm. we're gonna be a refund. That's how confident you are. Yeah, we, we have no refunds. There have been no refunds. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. There's that's powerful. There's a lot there. Um and it's also powerful to see people 
understand the value um, of your product and yes. write a check. Totally. <laughs> and, and just like say, yeah, here's some money because I want this value. You know, and I've posted about this a few times on LinkedIn too, though, but mm -hmm. like early customers are a startup's biggest heroes because at some point they are taking money. Like, right you you right. are at the end of the day yeah the code is almost there you, you think you think it'll get there everything in the lab it. might be working well you're gonna botch in right. the field you know what i right. mean and for what i think that is though like when startups are building brand new products like that is one of our biggest um kind of advantages though is when you are a large company you can't afford to put too much egg on your face mm -hmm. at once but early customers who are willing to take a fly on products that, okay, maybe this will, maybe this won't work, but I'll take a bet on you. Mm -hmm. They are our startup's biggest heroes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the early believers are startup's biggest heroes. Shout out to the early believers. Yeah, man. You guys are great. Yeah. Be an early believer. Be an early believer for somebody. That'd be my one ask. Yeah. If somebody's listening to this and they're just like, all right, you know, for whatever reason, it's like, go take a fly on that, uh, on that early startup. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got minimal customers. It's not super flashy salesperson sales yeah. message, but yeah. Though I, though, though I will say, if they, if if they have an absolutely horrible demo, tell them that too. I got on one yesterday, and I you know actually off of a, a cold demo? outbound. Yeah, okay. I, I, somebody booked me in off of cold outbound yeah. on a demo. It was a problem that I do have, mm -hmm. and I was instantly reminded how low the bar is for good discovery calls. Even in enterprise companies, even in established companies, I've, I've been on some very bad discovery calls where they just walk through the demo bad. and yes. they smile. <laughs> I'm like, bad. You didn't ask me a single question. All I did was listen. <laughs> totally. Send me a loom. <laughs> like, yeah. <it's... laughs> the uh, and you told them. Yeah, I did. You know, I think you, you probably have needed to, to hear be it. honest. Yeah. You probably needed to hear it. So. Yeah, you but, can do it without being a jerk, right? And you can do it with the like, you know, bro, this was my first demos were so bad i still you know like we still work on them you still a lot humble. like right like yeah. maddie will come in here and like she'll listen to my demos sometimes listen to hers just, yeah you, you, i think that's the other thing is like with your founders too mm -hmm. like again you know somebody else said i think jason lemkin mm -hmm. you follow him on he's the saster uh um, i may have followed him because you reached okay your, your you should definitely team. follow him if not because yeah. he started the saster conference but he okay. he's always putting out just absolute gold on mm -hmm. sales and um one of his big things is you should try to always have two people selling because so iterate. well not an iterate but it's just like okay what's you don't know what's working what's not mm -hmm. if you don't have two people trying it right like so for example, I do discovery without slides. Yeah. I will pull up the live product and do something live and feel it because I'm so comfortable with the products. I wrote, wrote you know, yeah. a great majority of the code. Maddie prefers to be like, look, I've got great slideware. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm confident in everything that I'm showing works, right? But like feels much more confident taking people on not like a feature journey, right? But like a you know, customer journey, like, like the buyer journey. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. to lead them through that in a very efficient manner. And you know, we're, we're, we are like always trying to dial in, right? Like which one is more efficient based on what type of customer, right? Because we have different approaches to the, to the selling process. Mm -hmm. And um, you also have to understand that salespeople are all different too. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So figuring out a, a sales process that works for different sales personalities. Yes. Is also important. It's got to feel authentic. I feel people know if you're right. like, oh, they told me to read the script. 
I click this slide at this time, <laughs> right? It's it's not going to be authentic. Yeah, exactly. So There's got to be some structure under that. I mean, you guys do a lot of that, right? Like with Suede, mm -hmm. like you're trying that to is. actually help people stay within a framework yep. and give them freedom yep. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Some people are good at going off the cuff and we need those people to uh, to be creative innovators so that way you can understand how to change the message, yep. which will bring in more customers. But most of the time, there needs to be a structured framework uh, and a structured mindset in order to uh, repeat, repeat strong salespeople. Right. Right. Because if you just give free reign to five salespeople on one product, everyone's no going to be doing not. all different stuff and most of them are going to fail. Maddie and I was talking about that gym. Yeah. That, that messaging creation gym is, uh, is, is a talent that few have. Well, you know, as a parent, because uh, you almost think about that too it's like where do you have structure where do you have like not structure because we've got three little ones mm -hmm. and i think you know a phrase maddie always uses freedom in a framework <laughs> yes. right so like can we agree this is the framework mm -hmm. now i'm gonna let you know what's uniquely you come through this right but we will not be painting on the walls yeah we That's will not be much. we will not be cutting our own hair <laughs> right like like you, you can have access to paint and scissors. Restricting my creative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's put that freedom on the paper. Right. <laughs> That's what paper's for. Right. That's uh, a perfect analogy. Yeah. Okay. So another question around this, and then we'll go to closing thoughts. Um, and I'm very curious to hear your answer um, on this is marketing or sales? What should a startup focus on? It's, uh, well, what's, what's your go-to-market motion? What's your product price point? Right. I think there's so much. So for example, if I'm selling a $5,000 a month SaaS, I'm not going to market my way to that. Yeah. Right. If I'm selling a $10 a month, you know, type thing where reach is going to matter. I, I I am very big believer, you know, Blake Smith, who's also yeah. here. Yeah, he, he did a great post on this the other day and I totally agree with him. And our coaches at the SaaS Academy agree. If you aren't doing about, call it at least 5,000, ideally, you know, ours tends to be closer to 6,000 in ACV. Um, so an average contract value for you know contract, mm -hmm. you you probably need to be doing more marketing and product led growth, um, because you can't sustain a sales process, right? You cannot pay people above that to point. Do so you, cold calls. Yeah, whatever, you, you, right? you've got to focus on you've got to you've got to hone in your PLG. Once you're above that, though, right? Like people aren't going to probably just come in and put in a credit card for five hundred dollars, right? So again, all back to that like consumer side of the journey so i think it's like you know can i reach people at scale at a price point where they can put in their credit card convert off of a trial and go mm -hmm. really product question or am i selling something uh you know that needs to be more um that, that's going to require a bit of a of a selling process yeah. right so you know i think marketing right is all about creating demand sales is all about capturing and converting demand uh, into dollars. So I would consider, you know, like a lot of what Natty is doing on LinkedIn to be content marketing, mm -hmm. but we do sales too. So we've actually taken what I would call like a product led sales motion. So you're seeing more and more of this, right? Like Lavender AI is another good example of it. You can use, like people can come into our site, they can pay for an individual license and they can try it out. That's it. Yeah. They, they can come in, they can try it out. Yeah. We don't target those people, but we will uh, if their usage is going up, go and target the companies that they're in because mm -hmm. they have a champion, they have a problem, they're getting good, you know, and that becomes, they've become, already paid for it, <laughs> they've already paid for it right? and good. now they are a warm sales lead, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we will also create target accounts off of other warm places, right? But I think you've got to be really, really honest to just about like, is the math mathing, 
on which yeah. road to take. Yeah. Do you agree? I there's there's a startup in my head that is gonna say, well, I only charge ten dollars a month, but I need a hundred users to go raise money, blah blah blah. So I'm gonna hire someone just to get us to hundred users and then raise money and that's I'll a terrible idea. Dollars. Yeah. That's don't do that. <laughs> I know no, there's look, a startup other that has that kind of mindset to raise money, not build a business. I think it can be different if you're like, look, I as the founder, I'm going to go figure out, you know, I, I'm going to go get these people to like come in and put it personally. And I'm going to understand, I'm going to have the message so dialed in that I can take that message to marketing content mm -hmm. and know that if I put, you know, X dollars in, I will get, you know, Y times X dollars out. But like, you know, we thought we would be a PLG product hmm. for the longest time. PLG is a fundamentally different uh, product motion and psychology because once you have truly gone PL, like a true PLG company that is not putting sales boots on the ground at the early stages, you have to fully trust in your copy, your product's ability to convert, where I can just put ad money into the top of the funnel. Yeah. yeah that's not the process for that you guys do, taking right? right now. But like, mm -hmm. if you want to follow that motion, like, you have to commit to it, right? And I think Wes Bush, right, for those types of guys, he started the PLG, wrote the book on PLG, right? Like, go follow him, go look at his content, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be selling up market, you should be following and thinking totally differently. And you just got to be so honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah, huge. Rant over. Good, all right. So <laughs> at the final stage of the podcast, this has been great. I really appreciate your insights. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun to just chat with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when it comes to, or just what, what advice would you give a technical founder as they start thinking about how to bring in customers. Mm, yeah, I think about this a lot. Um, really listen. So look, if you're a technical founder, you have in your mind maybe what you've already built in some sunk cost, so you want that to be the answer. Um, you have probably this idea, you're probably very convicted about how the problem should be solved. Mm -hmm. You have to humble yourself, right? Like. Maddie did this like when she came in big time with me. Like she's like, I had this very firm opinion on this was the right answer for our customers. Mm -hmm. They did not share that opinion. And so I had to take a big piece of humble pie and be like, I'm not the one experienced these problems in their shoes every day. They are. Yeah. Right. Like they will, your best product ideas will not come out of your own head. I've posted about this several times. They will come from your customers. So, so humble thyself. Mm -hmm. Stop building in a vacuum. You know who you are. Stop doing it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know, enjoy. Like, there is nothing better than delivering something for a customer that they have been looking for. You know, forever that you know other people have. Mm -hmm. seeing them get value out of it and then watching those, you know, stripe notifications start hitting your staff because <laughs> you know you solved it. It's nice. It's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. There's the the hard-headed technical founder um, archetype. Yeah. And I would, I would put myself in the yes man mm. technical founder archetype in which I'm a dreamer and every single time a customer brings up a problem, solve like, that baby. Yeah, we got give this. Me two months. Here's the product. I'm already building out the code and yeah. the rope. Everything. You know, what advice would you give that person? You know, um, that was definitely me. Okay, one hundred percent. It's so funny. Uh, I finally gotten very comfortable. You so in uh, in in CPG right in like consumer packaged goods. 
there's this concept of just-in-time delivery. Yeah. Basically, right, you don't have a whole lot sitting in the back room. You only have as much to be sold. Yeah. I am getting much more comfortable with the idea of just-in-time delivery for our clients, nice. right? So even being okay, um, selling ahead of where we are just a little bit to know for a fact the money is going to be coming in if when this is delivered, mm -hmm. right? Versus this, like, you hear this idea and you're like, all you can see is dollar signs down the road type thing. And you start building towards that uh, without having the real commitment of like, okay, you know, if when we deliver this, like, are we aligned, you know, that it is worth this value, right? Like mm -hmm. really pushing and how many other customers. Have and that that's way. the exact right thing. Exactly there. Mm -hmm. So even being comfortable saying, fantastic, let me get back to you on this and checking with three other customers. Yeah. Cause we've had a few ideas where it was like, this is brilliant. This is going to be it. We checked in with everybody else and they're like, eh. <laughs> and so we had to be like, you know what guys, um, agree that there's something like it may be on the roadmap. It's on our Trello board, but like, in the honesty side of things, right? And this is why the founder has to do the early sales. Mm -hmm. You don't want to send the salesperson back to be like, went and checked in with the boss. I'm like, right. we can't do this deal anymore. Right? That's a terrible position to put them in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you've got to be really comfortable with just that, like, with not saying no, but saying like, not yet. Not yet. Though when you know so it's like no, you just idea. say no. Okay. That's a great idea. Fantastic idea to put on a product roadmap. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do, you, do you follow Will Aitken? No. Dude. So that's right, probably yeah. like a good do after this. Right. He's freaking hilarious. He used to work at Lavender yeah. and he has these t-shirts. He sells it. He was like, it just says it's on the roadmap. <laughs> for sales it's on the roadmap. Oh man. It's, he has the, the hats and everything. They're fabulous. Yeah. yeah. For salespeople, that's dangerous. It because, is. Because I've worked in some sales organizations where uh, salespeople are just selling anything. Bro. Yeah. Like, the product can do that. And yeah. then they get to the engineers and they'd be like, yo, what? Again, that was my what? experience, right? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Back at when you were doing the data science, right. Yeah. And that's a that's a real thing. But Very we'll have real. to talk about that at another time. Um, this has been great, man. Um, what another advice question. What does it take to be good at sales? Listening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, it really is. Um, it it's an open mind. I I do believe in the challenger sale, though. I think some people don't, right? Like listening really closely, but then being willing to make your customers a little bit uncomfortable uh, in terms of their positioning, right? Like sales don't come from a place of comfort. Sales come from a place of discomfort, but they have to believe that you listen to them enough to know. Mm -hmm. that when you are speaking this, it is truth and not just a, like a pushy sales tactic, right? So if they really feel listened to and then you challenge them in the right way, then you've built that trust through listening. I think that's where it becomes very powerful, right? Like we had a client um, who was dead set that something didn't matter basically in their campaign. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, basically had to say, let us, try to show you you know the other thing and he trusts enough to do it that when we made the change his reply rates went from under one percent to almost ten percent nice and it was because they had to be challenged right because it's like you are also here's the other important thing right you have to realize this was when i was at nielsen i realized this big time your clients think about what you do for them less than one percent of the time it is less than one percent of their day yeah. you think about it a hundred percent of the time mm -hmm. and so they are also, if they're good customers, typically looking for YouTube, our best, my best customers say, 
what do you think is the right way to approach this problem? Right. Because they've trusted that I've listened to enough of them that I'm going to be like, you know, this company that looks nothing like you solved it this way. Mm -hmm. Be like, I've listened to you. I've seen the trends in the marketplace. Here's my recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, you, you like a great salesperson is a great advisor. Yeah. I completely agree. The challenger sale, it works um, when you've identified your ICP, yeah. talked to enough customers, have enough experience, and you can go to them and say, I know exactly who you are, your archetype. This is what you. This is what is painting your day, and this is how we solve it. Where well, you talk seventy percent of the time and listen thirty percent. But when you're a startup, it, yeah, you, it, gotta I, you gotta listen. You gotta listen. Um, and I think you know most of the time while you're listening, you gotta bite your tongue just a little bit for long enough to feel like they've gotten to the end of their sentence. You already know what their problems are mm -hmm. because to your point, you've talked to enough of them. But listening to the end. Mm -hmm acknowledging their specific concerns but knowing you have a more general solution that is going mm -hmm. to work with them like 90 percent of the time mm -hmm. um i think you know you've got to make them really feel heard uh and not just make them feel heard you should like be hearing Actually them listen to them yeah yes, yes. But, but it is important to uh to allow them to feel like they've been hurt absolutely right because yeah, yeah. They're... Once they start talking about the problem, you could cut them off and be like, yeah, you're just like everybody else. So this is how we solve it, blah, 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 blah. But then you're not going to make sense. To your point, that empathy thing mm -hmm. is gone. It's like this guy just has commission breath. Literally. He's trying to get to the end of the sale. He's not – everyone thinks that they're a snowflake in terms of their thing. And they have unique things about them, mm -hmm. right? Like they do. Um, it's, it's why agencies with solutions that are basically SaaSes get paid so much. It's because everybody gets to feel like it's exactly for them. Right. But uh, – but yeah, I mean, just listen and then, and know them, know their industry, this, this specific problem that they have better than anybody else that they talk to, because yep. then they'll trust you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's next for you? Like, what do you mean? This is it. This is it. All right. <laughs> I love it. This is what's next. I think I'm a big believer on that. Like any founder with a next product or project idea, mm -hmm. they shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people disagree with me. There are a lot of great serial entrepreneurs out there, but like, as far as I'm concerned, at least for the moment being, this is the life's work, right? If we get an acquisition, if something like that happens, fantastic. Until then, this is your life. This is a sustainable business that you are. Yeah, to run we, and continue to grow. I mean, yeah, the the what's next is like get to that million, first mm -hmm. million in sales. We're mm -hmm. tracking on towards it. Go get it. Um, you know gearing up for what should be a healthy raise if we don't get that though uh for whatever reason because look i mean raising money is tough right now it's tough right now um and raising well and i would say like i think you can go get money but getting it at terms that you're going to feel good with as you grow your business yeah is really critical yeah um but for us it's just like man let's go get that bag let's mm -hmm. get the first million okay <laughs> get the bag man start a business solve a problem and have people show you that um, your product is valuable by handing over some money all right, how can people get a hold of you and see your content? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Mike at scheduler.ai or hit me up on LinkedIn. You know, I'm on there all the time. And you come in through the website. But yeah, I mean, I'm not hard to find. Yeah. Actually, here was a really cool thing. The other day, somebody was searching for ChatGPT for speakers for their conference. And because that's the new thing of sales. Yeah. And Natty actually came out and said, you should get the founder of scheduler.ai if you come do this. So even, even ChatGPT is starting to find us. <laughs> That's incredible. I know. Yeah, it was a cool dude, came was... up to us with a printed out piece of paper and was like, you'll never believe this. I didn't expect to see you here, but it says I should get a speaker from your company. Wow. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Chat TV team people. That's awesome. All right. Well. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Super, super great conversation, man. And hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank, Thank you all for listening.